How many of you went ahead and read Genesis chapter 3 this week? Some of you have. That's okay, because I'm going to read it again for you. Let me get all this set up. All right. So we're going to begin Genesis chapter 3. Everyone knows this story. But the serpent was shrewder than any animal of the field that Adonai Elohim made. So it said to the woman, Did God really say, You must not eat from all the trees of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, Of the fruit of the trees we may eat, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God said, You must not eat of it, and you must not touch it, or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, You most assuredly won't die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a thing of lust for the eyes, and that the tree was desirable for imparting wisdom. So she took of its fruit, and she ate. She also gave to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made for themselves loin coverings. And they heard the sound of, Elohim, of Adonai Elohim going to and fro in the garden in the wind of the day. So the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Adonai Elohim in the midst of the tree of the garden. Then Adonai Elohim called to the man, and he said to him, Where are you? Then he said, Your sound. I heard it in the garden, and I was afraid. Because I am naked, I hid myself. Then he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree from which I had commanded you not to eat? Then the man said, The woman you gave to, me, to be with me, she gave me the tr- of the tree, and I ate. So already blaming his wife. Adonai Elohim said to the woman, what, what did you do? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Adonai Elohim said to the serpent, Because you did this, cursed are you above all livestock and above every animal of the field. On your belly will you go, and dust will you eat all the days of your life. I will put animosity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He will crush your head, and you will crush his heel. To the woman, he said, I will greatly increase your pain from conception to labor. In pain you will give birth to children. Your desire will be towards your husband, yet he must rule over you. Then to the man he said, Because you listened to your wife's voice and ate of the tree which I commanded you, saying, You must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. With pain will you eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles will sprout for you. You will eat of the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow will you eat food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you will return. Now Adam named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all the living. Adonai Elohim made Adam and his wife tunics of skin, and he clothed them. Then Adonai Elohim said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. So now, in case he stretches out his hand and takes also from the tree of life and eats and lives forever, Adonai Elohim sent him away from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. And he expelled the man. And at the east of the Garden of Eden, he had cherubim dwell, along with the whirling sword of flame to guard the way to the tree of life. All right. Is everybody able to hear me okay? Okay. So, 
This is a story that almost everyone the world over has heard about. The fall of man. So this chapter has been taught so many times by so many people that I was sort of dreading having to teach this. But we're going to try and look at this from a different perspective this morning. I want to start by looking back at verse 6. Eve notices three distinct things about this tree. Number one, it was good for food. Number two, it was lust for the eyes. And thirdly, it was desirable for making one wise. The tree, of course, literally called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a few verses prior to this, the serpent had just told Eve that partaking of this tree would make her like who? That's right. God. So I think it's safe to say that what really intrigued Eve about the tree was the fact that it would make her like God. Knowing good and evil. So back during Sukkot, uh, Gabe, Adrian, Ariana, and Mike and Edith took us through several passages in Proverbs about wisdom. So is there anything necessarily wrong with wanting wisdom at all? I mean, we're literally told to pray and ask for it, right? That's right. So before we go any further, if you would go to Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 18, if you have your Bibles with me this morning. I'll give you a little time to get there. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 18. It says, Because in my wisdom there is much grief, and increasing knowledge results in increasing pain. When we talk about seeing life through the eyes of a child, we mean that most children have not yet learned about the bad things of life. They still believe that if you just work hard enough or dream big enough or behave good enough, that nothing bad will ever happen to you. Children have not yet learned that people don't always do what they say or that they'll, or they'll do or, or, or do what they're supposed to do, rather. Or that some people, for no discernible reason, may hurt you or take your life or freedom from you. We call this the innocence of childhood. And how is that innocence eventually taken from them? Knowledge, right? Knowledge of some sort. Yeah, the school system, Marvin says. So as we grow older in life, we see that Solomon's statement in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 is true. The more we know, the more we wish we didn't know. And ladies and gentlemen, things haven't changed much with us over time since Adam and Eve's fall in the garden. We are just as thirsty for knowledge and information now as anyone at any point in history. Probably more so now since we have the internet, right? So we want to be able to crush people on the internet in theological debates and to puff up our own egos and flex our spiritual muscles to those around us so that we appear more pious or more religious than the next person. We watch YouTube videos and stockpile books from other fallen human beings in an attempt to learn as much as we possibly can. And ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing necessarily wrong with watching YouTube videos or stockpiling books. I've done that myself. But let's look at what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 12 and 13. I'll give you all a second to get there. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 12 and 13. It says, Furthermore, from these, my son, be warned. The making of many books has no end, 
and much study worries the flesh. The end of the whole matter let us hear. Fear God and keep His commands, for this is the whole purpose of man. I pose a question to you. What if every time the doors of DMF were open, you were there twice, three times, maybe even four times a week, sitting in the front row, ready to hear the word? What if you also attend the weekly Bible study? What if you buy a new faith-related book every week and devour it? What if every day you spend two or three hours just studying the word? What if you write and publish your own book, your own faith-related book? What if you did all of these things and you never lead someone to Messiah? You never have peace or joy in your life. You never make a difference in other people's lives. You never learn how to give or receive love. You take your spouse or children for granted or treat them poorly. You continually have bouts with depression. Your life never really changes. For teachers and students alike, the trap is the same. Write or read more books and you will grow in Messiah, right? Teach or study the scriptures more and you will know God better. And unfortunately, that's simply just not true. Read all you want, study all you want, espouse knowledge all you want, surf the internet all you want, watch all the YouTube teachers as you want. None of it will make an ounce of difference in the end unless... We fear God and keep his commandments. You know, it's like like going to the gym. You can study and read up about different exercises to do and all this stuff about fitness. But unless you actually go to the gym and start doing something, you're not going to grow, right? Okay. (laughs) So knowing what the word says is not the point. The point is doing what he wants us to do. Putting what we learned into action. And what does he want us to do? He wants us to change and facilitate change in other people. He wants us to grow up in our salvation and lead others to do the same. Staying up until all hours of the night, neglecting our spouse and family while we study the scriptures. As Solomon says, it has no end and much study wearies the flesh. You may be silently asking yourself, Jeremy, what does this have to do with Adam and Eve and the fall in the garden? Well, I'll tell you. I'm glad you asked. Uh, I wanted more of God myself. Um, I knew that there was more to this walk with God than I was experiencing at the time. And God answered my prayer and showed me a lot of things in his word. Huge emphasis On in his word, right? But as often is the case with us people, do you think that was enough for me? No. No. Was I satisfied? No. I wanted to learn more. I devoured books and spent hours soaking up information from YouTube teachers. Looking back, knowing what I do now, I wish I hadn't listened to or read over half of that stuff. I made a lot of hasty decisions and said a lot of things that hurt a lot of people that I cared about. The change was so sudden that it left a lot of people's heads spinning with little to no explanation for myself. I think this just went out. Well, that's it. That was your cue. Yeah.
Well, that was quick. Thank you. Anthony said he wanted more. Yeah. Okay, y'all hear me now? Good deal. I was about to go get in line for our neck. All right. So basically, to put this in political terms, I went from being a, a red-hot conservative to being a blue-cold liberal overnight. And no, Xavier, I am not a Democrat. Um, I meant well. I really did, but I made a mistake. I went outside of the word and was filling my head with commentary from people who also may have meant well, but took a lot of liberties in their interpretation of Scripture, to say the least. I was one of those young, newborn messianics that was more concerned with pointing out the church's errors, boycotting certain church holidays, etc. Needless to say, I've had to do a lot of apologizing here lately and walking back a lot of things I've said and letting go of things that I've believed for a long time that I've come to realize just isn't biblical at all. I say all that to say this. This is a movement that thrives off of knowledge and information. Eve all of a sudden had all of this information and no way to process any of it. She wanted to be like God and know all things, but her motives were not pure. We learned in the book of James, we just got done doing an entire teaching through the book of James. In James chapter 3, we learned that wisdom from above is pure, peaceable, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and not hypocritical. But earthly wisdom is the opposite. James chapter 3 says that earthly wisdom is rooted in selfish ambition and is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. So Eve had everything that she could ever need or want right there in the garden. God had perfect provision for her and her husband. But she wanted more. What's the difference between the, Eve that, between the wisdom that Eve sought compared to that of Solomon? Well, let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 17. Solomon says, and I applied my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceived that this also is but a striving after the wind. We all have a desire to be wise. If we don't, we should. We like to understand how things work, to be able to answer questions, to make decisions, and to share what we know. So we seek and search out wisdom and knowledge of the things of this world, just as Solomon did. However, Solomon discovered that wisdom under the sun, apart from God, left him unfulfilled and discontented. In 1 Kings chapter 3, we learn that Solomon asked God for wisdom to rule his people. Instead of requesting material riches, comfort, or pleasure, Solomon desired to advance God's kingdom through wise leadership. Because God was so pleased with Solomon's request... He granted it and gave him much more, 
But, and Solomon began his royal reign as the wisest man on earth with great wealth and honor. But at some point in his life, Solomon grew to love God's blessings more than God himself, right? His life began to revolve around his wealth, pleasure, and adoration that he received from people. He elevated his earthly wisdom above godly wisdom. Solomon forgot that it is the wisdom of God that answers our every need and gives us true perspective on life's deepest questions. Go with me to James chapter 3, verse 17, if you will. Kind of rehash James here. Yeshua's brother, Yaakov, says, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Earthly wisdom appeals to the senses and the emotions. In contrast, the wisdom that is from God reflects Him. While earthly wisdom says, follow your heart, Godly wisdom tells us in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, that the heart is deceitful above all things. While earthly wisdom says seeing is believing, godly wisdom tells us in John chapter 20, verse 29, that blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. While earthly wisdom says love your family and friends, godly wisdom tells us in Matthew chapter 5 to also love our enemies and to bless them. While earthly wisdom says there are many ways to God, godly wisdom tells us in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, that there is only one way to God, and His name is Yeshua. James chapter 1, verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. You see, God desires to give His divine wisdom to His children. All other types of learning are valuable, but limited unless built upon the knowledge of the Lord himself. To gain God's wisdom, we must pray for it while studying and living out God's word. Emphasis on living out God's word. So many distractions in this world threaten to pull us away from God. We are constantly bombarded by viewpoints, images, worldviews, and ideals that contradict those in the Bible. It is easy to find our hearts straying from God towards ideas and belief systems that sound impressive and appealing. But we must remain diligent and steadfast in seeking God and keeping his wisdom forefront in our minds. We may have to stand against the wisdom of the world, the advice of our well-meaning family and friends, and battle our own self-seeking desires in order to be solely led by God. And I'll close with this. God's wisdom gives us focus and direction when we have to choose between what looks good, what feels good, and what is good. So, I'll ask y'all some questions, and I guess y'all can ask me some if you want to. But, does the wisdom that you share and live by reflect more of God or more of this world? And also, in what areas of your life 
Are you prone to wander and stray from God's wisdom? So at this time, if y'all have any questions, I'll... Excellent. Making this easy on me. Mm -hmm. I like it. Thank you. Yes. Where was Adam, right? I think you're right. It's possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's recovering, right? Where was he at? Mm. There's no indication that she was actually there when those directions were given. That's true. Whereas he had it directly from the mouth of God. Right. So, therefore, in a sense, he wasn't protecting her from the additional knowledge that he had that she didn't but that's just another thought. But I wanted to say something totally different. I wanted to say that I really appreciate your honesty and transparency mm-hmm. with what you shared this morning. That couldn't have been easy. But I would also like to say that at least in this crowd, mm-hmm. I think it resonated with most of us, if not mm-hmm. all of us. I think all of us at one time or another went down that path yeah. mm-hmm. of beating head, people's heads, well-meaning. Yeah. But because we found this great truth that enhanced our understanding of the Word so much mm-hmm. and made it such a rich experience, we wanted everyone to participate. And right. in so doing, our methodology was not always very good. Right. And a lot of the things we said and did, we all regret. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you for saying that. Um, you know, early in the early going of me coming into this movement, I, I know... Um, one of the first books I read was from one of the Walking in the Light series. And I kind of, and, and me being young and naive, I kind of, I noticed that the author had a very harsh undertone towards the church, and I kind of adopted that. And in doing so, I probably did a lot, not, there's no probably to it, I did do a lot more damage than I did good. So, yes, Brian. Then God doesn't just kill them. 
we're still having the human experience. Right. So I think I would agree with you 99%. I think part of the, the part I would say is we're here having this human experience for a reason. Mm -hmm. And it's all about the source of knowledge and how we go about handling knowledge. Right? right? We obey. <laughs> gives us the methodology to handle the knowledge that he gives us by our experience and life with him, rather hmm. than just gathering to ourselves all the different messages that, that we do from other people. Hmm. We should really be having an intimate experience. Hmm. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yes, Patrick. Uh, so, going back all the way to the beginning, Oh. <laughs> yeah, security. I'm covering here with this guy. He's last for Oneg today. So. <laughs> All right, any more questions before we do Kiddish? All right. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that.